Welcome to the Real Live Faith Podcast. I'm Shelby. And I'm Janice. Life is a parable. All of creation points to God the Creator. We're going to be talking about how we see this in action in our everyday lives and how we use our good days and our mess-ups to grow in our relationship with the Lord. We don't know in what season of life you find yourself currently, but let this be a season of new life and growth. Join us as we talk about having real faith in real life. Have you ever felt like God was laying someone on your heart or your mind? Have you ever prayed for someone because the Holy Spirit prompted you? In this episode, we're talking about interceding for others in prayer and how we should be praying for those the Lord puts on our heart. You may have heard the term intercessory prayer. Intercessory prayer is basically praying on behalf of others. To intercede, by definition, means to intervene. And to intervene, by definition, is to come between or step in the middle of something or someone in another person. I love a quote by Oswald Chambers that says, True intercession involves bringing the person or the circumstance that seems to be crashing in on you before God until you are changed by his attitude toward that person or circumstance. So in this episode, we're going to be addressing why we're supposed to intercede in prayer for others, what the benefit is of intercessory prayer, and finally, how we can be obedient to intercede for others. First, why should we intercede for others in prayer? Well, I can think of three reasons off the top of my head. One is because God tells us to in his word. The second is because the Holy Spirit sets an example for us. And lastly, because Jesus himself intercedes for us. 1 Timothy 2.1 says, First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all people. James 5.16 also tells us to pray for one another. One of the biggest reasons we should pray for each other is because we're commanded to bear one another's burdens, and we'll all reach a point where we need someone's support. So this is one of the purposes of the church. We're there when our brother and sister is in need, and we help carry the weight of their troubles. We can do this in part by taking them to the throne of grace, as Hebrews 4.16 talks about. 2 Corinthians 1.11 says, You also join in helping us through your prayers, so that thanks may be given by many persons in our behalf for the favor granted to us through the prayers of many. So we intercede for others in prayer because we're told to in God's word. We're also to intercede in prayer for others because the Holy Spirit set the example we are to follow. He intercedes in prayer for us. Romans 8.26 tells us, Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And the very next verse, Romans 8.27 says, The Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. And not only does the Holy Spirit intercede for us, but Jesus himself intercedes for us. Hebrews 7.25 tells us, Consequently, he is able to save to the uttermost those who draw near to God through him, since he always lives to make intercession for them. And Romans 8.34 says, Christ Jesus is the one who died, more than that, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed is interceding for us. Jesus even says in John 17.9, I pray for them, for those you have given me, for they are yours. So the Lord was the first one to make intercession for us, and now we are to follow his lead and do the same for others. So we know why we're to do this, but maybe some of you are wondering, what benefit is there? 
What fruit is there to gain from intercessory prayer? Well, God uses prayer to align our hearts to his will. He fills us with his peace. And so when we ask the Holy Spirit to intercede on the behalf of others, we pray for them because we love them and we want them to come to know God more deeply in their situation. Luke 6:28 even tells us to pray for those who mistreat you. You know, we not only intercede in prayer for those we love, but we should even intercede for those who hurt us, those that we may even call our enemies. And this helps us to keep from being bitter. It also helps us to grow in empathy for them, you know, and, and not to harbor unforgiveness. And so ultimately what it does is it takes the focus off of us and our hurt, and instead it turns our heart toward Christ and his heart. So one benefit that comes from making intercession for others is God's work in our hearts and how he helps us to grow spiritually. He will grow and stretch us in our prayer life. Praying for others helps us to be more burdened for ministry. And I think the greatest benefit to be had from interceding in prayer for others is that when we're obedient to Christ, we become an avenue of his mighty work in the lives of others. What a humbling opportunity to be a part of God's work. Interceding in prayer for others is not an obligation or a drudgery. It's a privilege and an honor. Corey Ten Boom said, We never know how God will answer our prayers, but we can expect that he will get us involved in his plan for the answer. If we are true intercessors, we must be ready to take part in God's work on behalf of the people for whom we pray. I love that quote by Corey Ten Boom. And as she said, we must be ready to take part in God's work on behalf of the people for whom we pray. And part of that is being attentive to the Holy Spirit, being sensitive when the Holy Spirit lays someone on your heart or on your mind. And so in the beginning of the episode, we asked you if you ever felt like God was laying someone or a situation on your heart or your mind. And so what does that even mean? To lay on one's heart? Well, it means to set your mind strongly upon something or to be deeply moved by something. Other definitions may include to observe or to regard, to consider seriously, right? To lay to heart. And so a Bible verse that kind of comes to mind about this is Ezra 1.5. It says, Then the heads of fathers' households of Judah and Benjamin and the priests and the Levites rose up, everyone whose spirit God had stirred to go up to rebuild the house of the Lord, which is in Jerusalem. So did you catch that? Whose spirit God had stirred. God moved or stirred the hearts of some of the exiled Jews to go back to Jerusalem to rebuild the house of the Lord. The ones who went had some sort of inward compulsion or prompting from God in their spirits to go. Another example is the story of Philip and the Ethiopian eunuch in Acts 8. Verse 29 says, The Spirit said to Philip, Go up and join this chariot. Philip didn't think of it on his own. The Holy Spirit prompted him. The Spirit doesn't speak out loud, so you could say this instruction was laid on Philip's heart. Ultimately, that thought or feeling you had that you had to go up to talk to someone or text a friend or pray for some randomly specific thing was brought to your attention by the Holy Spirit who indwells you. Your flesh doesn't know how to pray for others, and your old sin nature doesn't want to intercede in prayer for others. Those promptings are never random. It's the Holy Spirit inside of you that gives you that awareness and stirring to take action on behalf of others. Oh, I love how you just said that, that Philip did not think of it on his own, that it was the Holy Spirit that prompted him. 
that is exactly how it is, you know, and like you were saying, that thought or feeling that was brought to your attention, you know, how it's laid on your heart, that is all done by the Holy Spirit who indwells you. That was so important to state. I'm so glad that you said that. There are some real life examples of the Holy Spirit putting someone or a situation on my heart and praying over it at just the time it was needed. I immediately think of a mission trip I took with my church last year and our one of our church vans broke down and so the group of us gathered outside of the van to pray for it. We asked God to help us get it running again and as soon as we said amen, immediately we met a man who happened to be a mechanic. I mean, he didn't happen to be. Obviously, this was God ordained. God helped us. He answered our prayer. He brought this man who helped us. And I'm also reminded of a couple that we prayed for while we were on our mission trip. And we were canvassing neighborhoods. And we just happened to knock on the door of this person that we had been praying for. And she ended up coming to the last night of our event. Our family also was involved in another situation. And it was a serious one. And so we responded with prayer and fasting. And even though my prayer was not answered in the way I wanted it to be, it was God's word that changed me over time. And the worship songs that I filled my mind with and the sermons that I sought out to help me and guide me through my situation. And sometimes God doesn't answer your prayer in the way that you want or in the time that you want. We may see these times as God not answering us at all, but in reality, no is still an answer. Or we can get the answer that I've been getting a lot recently, which is wait. So in these instances, we feel like nothing's being accomplished, but that's not true because God's still working. So the benefit here is seen on the inside. The first one is that prayer changes the way you relate to God's word. As you seek out scripture and dig into the Bible, you're going to see certain passages in a different light and the Holy Spirit will use them to help you persevere and get through these circumstances. The second is that prayer matures you spiritually. By turning to God's word and not acting on impulse, we give ourselves a chance to calm down and allow God to help us respond maturely. Praying for someone who has hurt you is the bigger thing to do. It's also what we're commanded to do. We continue to obey God in this way, not because it will magically fix everything, but because he is still good. I heard a sermon one time where the pastor said, your circumstances are not a direct representation of the goodness of God. And I think this is a great thing to remember when God gives us an answer that we don't like, because God still works and accomplishes things even when we feel stuck. I love that quote. That is so good. Our circumstances are not a direct representation of the goodness of God. And so now that we have learned how intercessory prayer is effective, let's look at how we be obedient to intercede for others in prayer. When the prayer list gets passed around in your Sunday school class, or you see posts from your friends or family on social media, and they're asking for prayer for their situation, or maybe a friend personally reaches out to you and shares the struggles in their life, don't just hit delete. Don't scroll past what you're seeing. Don't ignore these things without any thought to stop and pray. And don't say praying or, you know, send that praying hands emoji if you're not going to follow through. And so how do we be obedient to intercede? One way is simply by doing it, just praying right then and there for that need on behalf of another person. Why is it that we hesitate to take time out of our day to intercede for others? I think sometimes it's because we think it takes too much effort. You know, we're tired and we don't want to expend that mental energy needed to, you know, quote, do it justice. 
That's a silly excuse because it doesn't take hours of preparation to complete. It's an attitude of the heart. It's communication with the Lord. It's just a simple request on behalf of your friend. And so sometimes I think we overthink it. You know, some reasons that we don't pray might be that we feel we don't have time or we're overwhelmed because, like I said earlier, we, we don't know how to pray or we doubt something will happen. You know, God does what he wants anyway, so what's the use? You know, I can't change his mind and I'm not him, so I probably can't change the situation either or the outcome. And sometimes when we do pray and nothing happens, we feel our prayers go unanswered. And so it kind of falls down a few notches on our priority list. And maybe another reason we don't pray is because we don't feel close to God. You know, we're not aware of our need, our dependency on God, or we think we don't know how. We don't, we don't know where to begin. And on the flip side of that, you know, if we're not careful, we can become legalistic with our prayers or our prayer life, thinking we have to say certain words or we have to be in a certain physical position or place or we think we have to set a timer and pray for a certain length of time. And, you know, that's just like the enemy. He wants to deter us or distract us from being obedient. And so we need to be aware of his schemes. And the way we combat those excuses is to put obedience over feelings. Those excuses were kind of hard to hear, but they're a good reminder of why we shouldn't be so quick to dismiss the promptings of the Holy Spirit to intercede for others. Another way we can be obedient to intercede in prayer for others is by staying sensitive to the Holy Spirit as he brings people and their needs to our mind. We may hear the news of someone losing a family member or the troubles a missionary can have overseas, for example, but we shouldn't just hear those things and let them go in one ear and out the other. Your spirit should be burdened for those people, and the Holy Spirit wants to use you to go to the Father in prayer on behalf of them. So, a verse may come to mind, or a song or book that makes you think of someone. Respond to those things that the Holy Spirit places on your heart and in your mind, and reach out to that person. Their loneliness and cries for help and encouragement could be answered through you. They may be praying for the Lord to intervene, and He chooses to work in and through you. That's so good to hear. And really, it doesn't even have to be for someone who's grieving or terminally ill or missionaries. You know, even as a parent, it could even be our own child as they commute to college or to work. You know, your anxiety over their safety and well-being could prompt you to pray for them. You know, intercede on their behalf for God's hand of protection to be on them. Maybe some of us that are a little bit older have adult children who are dealing with uh, marriage troubles or job and career choices or infertility or miscarriage, or maybe your child is single and you're praying for their future spouse. Those, again, those are worries or concerns that you take on their behalf to God in prayer. You're seeking his favor in their situation and you're asking for him to do a mighty work in their life. And finally, another way to be obedient to intercede for others in prayer is simply by involving them in your intercession. You know, maybe you text them your prayer. Maybe you send them a voice recording of your prayer for them. Maybe you send them a card in the mail to let them know you're praying for them. Maybe you visit with them at their home or meet with them at church or for coffee and you physically and personally pray with them and for them. Above all, praying for others brings God glory. We should seek to glorify God in every aspect of our life. And so when we pray for others, we are reflecting the way that Jesus prays for us. Also, when we pray for others, we're reflecting God's kindness. And praying for others draws us closer to the Lord. So this week, we want to challenge you to ask the Lord to put someone on your heart who needs prayer. And then follow through. 
pray over them and their situation or whatever they're going through. And maybe even take that next step of obedience and sending them that prayer so that they can read it and know how you're praying for them. Let us love one another by lifting each other up in prayer to our Father in heaven. If you have not placed your faith in Christ, why wait? Seek him and call on his name for salvation. Confess that you are a sinner and repent of your sin. Surrender to Jesus today and place your trust in him as Savior and Lord of your life. Thanks for listening to the Real Life Faith Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share us with others so they too can learn about living out real faith in real life. You can check out our blog and shop at reallifefaith.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Gab Social. Don't forget to sign up for our emails to receive exclusive subscriber content. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode.